Do you ever feel a bit intimidated or overwhelmed when you find yourself thinking about legal when it comes to your lash business? You're working so hard to build your dreams and achieve your goals, and those shouldn't go down the drain simply because you didn't know how to protect what matters most to you. I'm your host, attorney and friend of the lash industry, Tamson Horton, and together we'll learn how to protect what matters most when it comes to your lash business so you can confidently take your business to the next level and beyond with simple, easy to understand and action you can take today. You will never feel intimidated or overwhelmed by legal anymore. Yes, trademarks matter in the lash world. If you haven't already listened to it, there is a fabulous couple of episodes on the Live Bay Lash podcast. I'm a huge fan. And the episodes to listen to are the four biggest lessons that they've learned in four years and also catch the pros and cons to owning a lash salon with the lash cast owners and the name change surrounding LashCon and also what Live Bay has gone through with their own trademark stuff. Because you guys, the name matters. We live in a branded world. And so an issue that is just so near and dear to my heart is trademark law and branding. Before I was an official lawyer, I worked in collegiate trademark licensing. That's what led me to becoming a lawyer because I was surrounded by names and brands. And the sole purpose of the company I worked for was the management and the promotion and the enforcement that surround brands, taglines, logos, colors. It all matters. There's a reason that jewelry companies, other than Tiffany, can't deliver their jewelry in Tiffany blue boxes. There is a reason that delivery services can't use UPS Brown. So just a little bit on what a trademark is, because it can be really confusing when you and it talked about in all kinds of different contexts. But at its pure essence, a trademark serves to identify and distinguish goods and services in the marketplace for consumers. Now, as you can imagine, in the law, there are definitions for all of those. And for those of you in the lash business, you have goods. Many of you white label your product, have made your own products. Those are goods. You also have your services. So you cross into both categories that a trademark is designed to protect. And the reason that they exist is so that we know when we're shopping, when we see, for instance, at the grocery store, if you're looking for a cola and you go down the aisle with all of the soda or the pop that's on there and you see all these brown colas, the reason that you know which one you want to buy is based on the brand. You know the Coca-Cola brand takes tip one way. You know that the Pepsi brand tastes a different way. So the source of that cola, trademark law, is what enables us as consumers to be able to navigate the marketplace. And that is why it is so important in the any business 
But especially in the lash business, because so many people, and I've heard story after story, it just started as a fun thing to do. Or maybe you started it and had no idea that it was going to turn into a successful business, an empire, a brand. Like you had no idea. And suddenly the name you were using, you find out you can't use, or you realize that the name wasn't big enough to hold all of the things that you wanted to do. So we're going to kick off a four-part series because this is a topic I definitely get the most questions about when I'm talking to lash artists, lash business owners. And so we're going to go, we're going to spend some time on it. We're going to unpack it because there's different aspects to it. So in this episode, we are going to talk about how to brand like a lawyer. This is honestly, will make branding so easy because at the end of the day, the laws control your brand. And so if I can share with you how a lawyer goes about branding, then that hopefully will help you navigate what it is that you're trying to do. Then we're going to go into how do you perform an effective trademark search? You know, you don't have to rely on legal professionals. You don't have to go to search sites. There's different ways, and we will get into what I call noisy names and strong silent names. You want a strong silent name. The third week, we're going to talk about what goes into trademarking. So what to watch out for so you're not taken advantage of. What are the timelines? What are you looking at? And giving you that knowledge as you start navigating this decision in your own business. And then once you have one, now what? And this is where trademarks truly become like children. You have to take care of them. You are responsible for them. They go out into the world. You have to keep them safe, make sure people aren't misusing them. And there is an, you will have that trademark for as long as you're using it in your business, which for most of us means that we will forever have this. So let's dive in to how to brand like a lawyer. Now, there's four parts to this. We'll go through each one of them. The first is silence. Second is search. Third is secure. And fourth is share. So That is what I have called S4 branding, how to brand like a lawyer. And by the end of this episode, you will be able to share this with your friends in the business. You will be able to sound like a complete rock star and like you absolutely know what you're talking about because you're going to. So first off, silence. Now, I get this. I am an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. I love ideas. I love branding. It can wake me up in the middle of the night. You get so excited and you just want to tell everybody. You want to jump on social media. You want to ask your friends. This is where we're going to rein it back in. Okay. Silence means keep your mouth shut. If it is a really good name, you don't want someone else to go and scoop up the social media accounts. You don't want them to go purchase the domain. Worse, you don't want them to take the name because there truly is nothing more expensive than going through trademark litigation. And 
in educating you, my hope is that you keep all your money because in a trademark battle, honestly, the only people that win are the lawyers and the law firms. And as much as I adore the law, I don't want your money going to lawyers and law firms. I want you to keep what you are working at. And so please, what does that look like practically? Don't make a poll on Instagram and say, hey, I'm thinking of branding my business. Should it be this or that? Don't put it in your stories. Do not go into Facebook groups and crowdsource the name. Do not talk about it outside of a trusted circle of people. And I mean people that have proven they're trustworthy, not somebody that you met uh, 20 seconds ago that you love her, you get along great, she's going to be your best friend forever. Please know <laughs> this needs to be someone in the earned trust category. Talk to your lawyer, talk to your accountant, talk to your business coach um, that you've hired for more than 30 seconds. Talk to a mentor. Talk to the person that can give you good feedback in terms of the brand aspect because there's many different layers of branding. You don't need to overthink it, but you definitely need to think about it. And that's where you've got to keep your mouth shut because I will tell you, there are people who join groups simply for the purpose of scooping up names and reselling them back to the people. We live in a connected digital social world. You don't want to be one brand on Facebook, a different brand on Instagram, a different brand on Snapchat or TikTok or whatever happens to pop up next week. You want to be your brand everywhere. Nike isn't a different version of Nike on different platforms. They are Nike worldwide, Under Armour worldwide, Coca-Cola worldwide. You have to maintain that consistency and the best way to make sure that you can protect that as much as possible is silence. I know it's hard, but silence. I will tell you, I'm very good at keeping secrets. If you absolutely have no one else to tell, feel free to DM me. I'm very, very, very good at secrets. So the second piece once we've kept, we have this great idea. We have this great name. We're thinking about it. Okay, I've got my pen and paper. I've written it down. I've doodled it. I know, you know, the empire I'm going to build with this. Now you have to search, okay? And searching is multi-layered. And at the end of the day, you do need to perform a legal trademark search. But that is likely not in your skill set right now. And so there's a few different searches you're going to do first because those are absolutely in your skill set. Go on Google. Type in the name you want to use and see what shows up. If there are gazillions of pages with that name, that's what I call a noisy name, meaning you are going to have a really hard time when we get to the if you were to get a trademark, now what do you do with it? You have to enforce it. You have to police it. If you manage to get a trademark in a name that is widely used by other people, if you can even secure the trademark, that's a whole other question. You are going to spend a lot of time chasing people down and enforcing. That is a lot of money. What you do instead is you go, okay, wow, that is a really noisy name. 
you want a strong silent name. And the best, one of the best stories that I like in this category are the people that make up their names. So Sarah Blakely, founder, inventor, still complete owner of Spanx, she made up her name. She studied what the words were when it came to trademarking. She knew that a made-up name was easier to protect and easier to trademark. She didn't have a lot of money. She learned that Kodak and X's, so K's and X's, were stronger brands, Kodak Xerox. So that influenced the naming that she did. So that's also something to keep in mind when we're testing out names because it is tricky. It is multidimensional. I completely get it. As you're searching, you start at Google. You see what breadcrumb, I call them digital breadcrumbs. What breadcrumbs are popping up? Okay. Oh, I see this. You know, maybe you see three or four names. Go on social media. Go to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Definitely do the big guys for sure, because you want to make sure that whatever name you're going to get, you can have across all the platforms. I don't want to be lashing legally anything other than that across every single platform. I have other businesses. One is called the Preneur Business Club. I am PBK everywhere. I don't want to mess with that. And so I will stay with a name and I will work with it until it's consistent in this searching phase. So you're searching on Google, you're following the digital breadcrumbs. Yes, you will have sheets of paper (laughs) that start to look like a crazy roadmap. You wanna look on social media. Who has the accounts? Are the accounts available? What what is surrounding um, the naming piece there? When you make it through and you're like, okay, you know what? There's not much on Google. Social media and the domain, I can get all of these things. Like I've got all the pieces. I can be consistent everywhere. We're still not saying anything. Okay, that is still part number four in S4 branding. Or we're, we're still silent. Silence has still, we haven't changed that. Now you have to do a legal trademark search because it, trademarks are not just exact matches. They are anything that is likely to confuse a consumer. I can't come up with any derivative that looks, smells, hints at, is in the same font, is in the same red as Coca-Cola if I am making soda. There is no way because somebody would be confused. That's the point of trademark law is to, like we'll go back to the beginning, identify and distinguish the source of goods and services for the consumer in the marketplace. So if you are searching and you're finding all of this and you're making it all the way through, then you got to do the legal search. And the legal search, you will likely need help on this front. It is worth every penny to make sure you've gotten a proper name search, okay? You want to use someone who knows what they're doing in this regard because everything, once you start branding yourself, Everything when you go forward, you want it, you want to be on solid footing, knowing someone can't come back after you for trademark infringement. They can't sue you because 
if you are sued for trademark infringement, you must stop. And there, yes, there are different ways this all gets handled by lawyers and cases and settlements and stuff like that. So I'm just going to give you the big <laughs> overarching umbrella. You will have to rip out and stop using every single instance of that word. So you build a website, start over. You have communications with your clients, start over. You have branding on your physical business, start over. You have white-labeled products, start over. You have anything, contracts in your business, like everywhere that you've used that name, it, you have to wipe it out and you have to go back to ground zero. I don't know about you, but money aside, even if you had the money to do this and companies have to go through this more frequently than I, I, I it drives me nuts when it happens to people because um, my heart just aches for them. I know what goes into this. The emotional strain and the stress of having to go through all of those pieces is hard. It's so hard. And that's why it's worth the work at the beginning to keep our mouths shut, search where I got to get the name. It's got to be consistent. Yes, it's cleared legal. Cool. Okay. Then we're good. The third piece is secure. This has to go with getting the legal trademark. Now, trademarks are jurisdiction specific because we'll go back to the definition. It's identifying and distinguishing goods and services for the consumer in the marketplace. The marketplace in the U.S. is different than the marketplace in Europe, is different than the marketplace in Asia. So that is where trademark law, especially in the global modern world that we live in, you have to make sure that you're protecting your brand in the markets that matter to you. Now, if you're just doing lashes locally, and we'll use the states, for example, because we're on the internet, so it's not just a state trademark anymore. It's federal trademarks all the way, which just means statewide. You can, you can be like, okay, I just need the trademark in the states. But maybe you're running international education. Maybe you're selling your products internationally. So you have to make sure that you're doing your due diligence and knowing that you have to protect the trademark in the markets that matter for your business, okay? You're definitely talking to a trademark attorney at this point in time, for sure. So when it comes to securing, this really has to do with the pace of your industry. So I will use myself as an example. Back in 2010, I opened a law firm and it was called Vujade Law, meaning to see law from a fresh perspective. And I knew that in my industry, law firms, that nobody cared, nobody branded themselves. <laughs> they didn't. LegalZoom was one of the first, you know, to really go after the branding world and they're not even a law firm. And I knew people just named their law firms a bunch of last names all strung together. So I didn't have to trademark my name when I started because the industry that I was in, when it came to branding, 
was a caterpillar race. Like it was caterpillars with half their legs asleep. Like it was so slow and I knew it. And I had been in trademark for over a decade at that point. And so what I did is I set up Google alerts for my name, for a few key phrases that I used, and I went about building the business. I didn't, I knew I didn't have to trademark right away because nobody else was going to name their law firm Vujade Law. About three years later, I will never forget it. It was a Saturday morning. I had gotten up. I was sitting down to do some work and I got a Google alert. So I opened up my email. Sure enough, someone else thought Vujade Law was a really good name for their law firm. And Vujade Law in Switzerland had just opened. Now, they couldn't get the domain because I owned that. And for legal, uh, you have You have to be licensed in the jurisdiction. So I am not licensed to practice law in Switzerland. I can't open Vujade Law in Switzerland. They are not licensed in the States. So I knew that it was not an emergency. Like it was not the level of trauma unit one. We need an air, you know, airlift to the nearest hospital, nothing like that. Metaphorically speaking, I speak in a lot of metaphors. Uh, But I knew I had to stop what I was doing, log in to the United States Trademark um, uh, Patent and Trademark Office, and I needed to file my trademark. And so I did. Stopped what I was doing, sat down, filled it all out, paid the money, sent it in. Mine went through very quickly because a made-up name doesn't run into challenges. It can't because you created it. I am a huge fan of make up those names, (laughs) make a name that's meaningful to you, but you build the brand. Like Spanx was made up, but Spanx has an entire meaning, an entire culture based on what the brand, the business, Sarah, all the people that are a part of it have put into it. And so I wasn't worried about securing my name at the beginning because of the industry that I was in. You are not in a caterpillar industry. You are in an explosive growth industry. Lashes are taking off. You know this. I was just listening to another podcast this morning going through the trends from 2019, and it is insane the level of growth. It is amazing. You need to secure your name right away. I would not tell anyone in the lash business, well, you know what? Set up some Google alerts. Let's see how it goes. No way. If you've kept your mouth shut, you've searched so that you have consistent social media accounts, you know that this is the brand you want to build your business around, you need to secure that mark. You absolutely need to secure it. Trademark law with the explosion of small business owners that then go on to become empire owners. 20 years ago, it we there weren't a lot of trademarks because only the big guys could start their own businesses. You had to be a big company. Well, even 10 years ago, when I started my own business, which is 2010, even then it was relatively easy to get a trademark to go through. And Up until I would say about 2013, 14, 15, 
the the in the world was changing. It was getting easier to build websites. It was people were startups were exploding. Uh, shark shows like the Shark Tank were coming onto the landscape. It became really easy for someone to go from idea to entrepreneur to taking money in 24 hours. Like it could happen so fast. All that mic, all those micro businesses now were triggering trademark law. So trademark law is difficult. It is hard to find a name that somebody doesn't already have. Now, when you're securing, be ready for a timeline. And we'll do a whole episode um, in terms of what goes into that when we get to the episode number three of this four-part series. But on average, expect about 18 months from the time you start to the time you finish. The more work you've put in on the front end, the more likely it will be easy for the mark to go through unchallenged. I am a huge fan of names that don't get challenged. Names that are descriptive, mm -mm, they are so hard to get through these days. Uh, It's one of the reasons that I now refer people to my friends that do trademark law. I no longer practice this because the shift in the marketplace, it was taking, for instance, when I did trademarks, it would take 2000 to 2500 to get the mark registered, which is still crazy expensive. But when everything on your business is hinges on that name, it's a wise investment. Just between those years that I was mentioning, 13, 14, 15, the USPTO was suddenly challenging names they'd never challenged before. And so that trademark was approaching five grand, 7,500, because it was being challenged by legal stuff that really, in my opinion, it shouldn't have been challenged under. And five years earlier, it wouldn't have been challenged. So that's why I moved myself to the front end of the discussion in the teaching people about trademarks, teaching how to brand like a lawyer so that you could get to this point, which is the securing phase, and have a name that you know you can build your business around. It is consistent across all the social media and the domains and legal and then can sail through on the approval process because there isn't anything to mount a challenge to it. Now, when we wrap that up, you've gotten it secured, you filed your trademark. This is when a lot depends on where you are in your business, how visible it is, what's going on, what's the big vision. Again, I recommend really talking to your trademark attorney at this point. Again, you're going to always be talking to them. And you approach being ready for step four, which is sharing. This is when you can shout it from the rooftops. You can tell everybody about your name. You can have grand openings. You can do blitzes, like do whatever you want. And what I personally experience, what I observe, what I have seen with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients, they are confident. 
They are not worried in the slightest that somebody's going to pop up and say, oh, sorry, I'm glad you just took that poll company visible because I've owned that name since 1992. Oh, crap. That's not going to happen. How to brand like a lawyer. Those four pieces, silence, search, secure, and then share, you prevent that. You save yourself hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, and all the stress and the worry. And that is, to me, so incredibly exciting. And it is such a smart business move. And that's what you're building. Like you guys are building such incredible businesses. I can't even tell you how much I appreciate and admire the dedication and creativity that you put into your craft. It truly is inspiring. And that's what I wanted to leave you with today is the first part of this four-part series. We're going to bring in the other pieces, which are how do you perform effective searches, what really goes into trademarking, and then once you have it, then what? Like, okay, that's cool. I got one. Now what do I do with it? Now, I'm not your lawyer, so please always do your research, talk to your attorney, and get the specific guidance based on your facts and circumstances. I want to educate you about the legal implications of your business decisions because every business decision has a legal impact and we want them to be positive. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. There is a full-length legal masterclass available on demand at lashinglegally.com. Until next week, where we'll dive into another topic directly related to helping you navigate the legal issues in your lash business so you can protect what you are working so hard to build.